spoiler alert, before listening, we would like to inform you that we will be spoiling parts of this film, as well as some other films. If you wish to watch this spoiler-free, turn back now before it's too late. Now, on with the show. Sylvester Stallone was a nobody until he wrote this great story. It's hysterical that is funny. that's how I know that's it. That's how it is. Hello and welcome to Post Cut, the show where we analyze films from the latest to the greatest, the worst, and the lamest. I'm your host, RJ Infusino, for today's episode. With me, as always, is AC Hampshire. What's up, everyone? David Brown. Hello, everybody. Sarah, I don't know your last name. <laughs> Peterson. <laughs> Peterson and hello. Peterson. <laughs> And uh, today's guest, my own father, the one who had birthed me, uh, Robert Really? That's really that is or, quite the achievement. Your sir. mom didn't birth you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one where I came from. I came this from This is staying him. in the final, this is well, staying well, in the final cut, you know. Yes. I did have a, a part in that, but I didn't yes. exactly birth you. Yes. <laughs> and I want to be there when your mom hears that and yeah. smacks you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he did it now. Huh? <laughs> now, big reason why I have my father on today, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, one one of our favorite films of all time, uh, Rocky. Such a great film from the 1970s. 1976, uh, actually. What? It's 1976, to be specific. Best yes. picture, Oscar winner. Yes. Best editing. <laughs> lowest budget movie of the year. Yeah, yeah definitely Probably lowest the budget. highest gain. Yeah, definitely highest gain. <laughs> um, director, who wants to give me a, a brief reminder of who the director is? John G. Alvidson. <laughs> yep. Uh, written written by, by Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. Written by Sylvester Stallone. Okay, That's what I remembered. And then um, the also thing. one of my favorite scores, written by Mr. Bill Conti. Dude's a god. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give a brief synopsis of the movie, just because I very much enjoy this movie, and I'm gonna keep it really brief because it's something that we've all heard. Um, so. We got our typical uh, job boxer just doing his thing on the streets. It's literally the scene that we enter. Um, he's doing some boxing with uh, Spider Rico, and then all of a sudden, bam, he uh, gets thrown out of his gym first. And then all of a sudden, he's contacted by shoddy like show boxer, champion of the world right now, Apollo Creed. His manager comes in and gets him, and he says, hey, we like your name. Do you want to fight the champ? He's like, I guess. And then he's, yeah, he's like, he doesn't know what to say. He's like, I, I'm going to do it. Then all of a sudden, the dude that throws him out of the gym, Mickey, says, hey, I want to train you. Rocky gets mad. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, you know what? I'm going to take up you up on your offer because I want my gym back and I like you. So we're, you're going you're gonna to be my freaking trainer. <laughs> From there on... <laughs> From there on, while this is all going on, the actual uh, the actual focal point of the movie is the love interest, and Rocky's going and courting this one woman, uh, Adrian, which you will hear her name probably the most in this movie, and all that love stuff's going on. But really what we want to focus on is the boxing. That's what everyone focuses on is the boxing. <laughs> so, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> even though the movie, the actual focal point of the movie is supposed to be the romance. Right, and mm -hmm. when when you tell people that it's a love story, they look at you like you're crazy. Exactly, they really do. About a boxer who falls in love, love. who falls in love, and literally says at the end of the movie, "I love you." Yo, Adrian. I love you. <laughs> well, um, we'll get maybe get into that a little later. I slightly disagree that that is the 
direct focal point, but I don't do believe that it's under- definitely not the boxing. And I can understand that, and that's something we'll I'm definitely well, yeah, we'll get into, go a into it a little later. But I have a question for you then. Here we go. If the boxing is not the focal point and the love story is not the focal point, what's the focal point? The Cinderella story. It is definitely all about. No, it's not not just the fight. It's really about um, the American dream not really being fulfilled by the majority of Americans and whatnot. It really starts because you really look at it. It starts out this guy is the definition, like textbook definition of a loser. It's exactly what he is. And constantly bring up throughout the entire like first half of the film. I, I won't even say more, more so the first two thirds of the film. Right. About how all oh, I, I never got that one chance that I needed. Never need, got that chance to make it big. What happened to my prime? Right. Right. <clears throat> and whatnot. Mickey and does then, tell him that I'm sorry. Uh-huh. But Mickey does tell him that he had the talent to become a good fighter. Right. But instead of that, you became a leg breaker for, for a for cheap, cheap second rate. Which well, I think sorry. also speaks a lot to uh, the American condition of a lot of people blaming chance, chance and the universe for their lack, lack own of, personal lack of success right. instead of taking on that um, <clears throat> mantle of no no I'm a, I'm loser, a loser because I did not apply myself properly okay so this is all about this movie is essentially I'll, I'll, I'll say this just because we got into it the movie is all about fighting yourself this was never ever about fighting Apollo Creed this was never ever about just it was about fixing himself this man is 30 this man is 30 years old like he's thinking to himself where the hell am i gonna be in the next 10 years the loan shark thing we visually saw was screwing him over because he's getting told he has to break people's limbs Mm -hmm. and he won't do it so this is all about reflection. The, the whole movie is about him trying to better himself. I want to finish off the synopsis really quick. So obviously we know this is what happens. Uh, he, he, we get a fight montage, gets the girl, and then on top of that, sees some domestic violence here and there. And then, <laughs> Not on his part, but on the not, part no, of the No, not on Polly. Yeah, Polly, the best friend, which I don't understand why Rocky hangs around with Polly. But it's for the real, sister. Real quick. Sister. That's it. I RJ, think, real quick. Yes. You mentioned that the movie is about reflections. Look at the song on the first side. One of the songs on the first side. Look at the title of it. I swear to God. Reflections. <laughs> Are you serious right now? <laughs> Real quick, um, a quick aside about the what about the score. On. About the score was uh, the, about the theme. Uh, Sly was attempting to, um, you know, trying to describe <laughs> what he wanted for right. that main theme, and he was you know, trying to say, "I wanted like gladiat- gladiatorial as well as you know, <laughs> rising and all this kind of stuff," and was afraid that the composer wouldn't quite understand what he was trying to get to until he heard Bill Conti's fanfare score. And uh, I remember hearing that he basically said, "How I, I don't know how he figured out what it was until I looked at his last name and said, oh, he's Italian. Of course he knows what he's doing. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and yes. See and a yes. lot of Italian pride in this whole film. A lot yeah. of, oh, yes. I was just about to say a lot of Italian pride in this movie. Um, <laughs> of which I and my father are, are very much Italian. So it's obviously why okay. I, I, one of my favorite films. You couldn't films. tell by the last the, name. The last name? No, no, not know. at all. Infacino? No. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, especially, I come from Racine. Infacino's is like synonymous with like the best Italian food. Yeah, in case we um, never talked about this before, yeah, uh, evidently we're, we're super popular in Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> Very much so. On that <laughs> note, hang on. On that note, Kenosha. I do have to say that 100%, I love the music in the film. 
I will give him that. That's good. There are parts of this film that, in my opinion, don't make this my favorite film. But that's just me. You can already name the scene. I already know it because I don't. I don't like the scene either. What's the scene? The ice skating scene. Oh no, I love that scene. Yeah, I thought what? that was really good. I thought that, that was, was the really ice skating scene. Bonding is moment. Heartfelt and it's cute, but like it's slow. It, right. it is uh, slow, but every film needs to have a slow moment. My whole thing that I don't like about the film is that you can't hear half of it. Yeah. Because I first watched it as a stream on a stream on Amazon. And I will tell you this, I could not hear half the film because the quality, quality of the film on yeah. Amazon sucks. It wasn't until Dave came over last night and he brought the DVD that I could actually, actually hear, hear what they were saying. saying. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. this makes the film so much better. And there's a point of, you were saying like the ambient sound yeah. is bad. Well, like RJ told me, because it's such a low budget, it was they're going to use the ambient sound from the... From the recording itself. Yeah. They're not really going to... They'll overdub lines if they need to, but they're not going to go with that extra mile to overdub like cars in the background mm-hmm. or something like that. So. Now, on that note, I would like to say we are going to go into our cutoff segments where we each analyze this film from different uh, perspectives. So... Pa, I want you to give your honest opinion on this movie. It is your time oh, to shine. Rocky um, was a good part of uh, a lot of the countries growing up. As a young man, I saw it as an inspirational film because you took it as uh, this is your hero, and especially Italians. Rocky is our hero. He's rags to riches. Um, a wonderful adaptation to Cinderella, shall we say. <laughs> but at the same time, there was a lot of elements of darkness in the movie where he was... Basically a Skid Row bum. And, uh, you know, as far as my take on his Italianism, (laughs) um, he is the epitome of an Italian dork. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, okay, you want to cheer him on because he's doing something that you could only dream that Mm -hmm. you could do. Yeah. To go from being nothing to being possible chance at being the champion of the world. Um, A chance that typically no one gets. Right. You made an interesting point that I think you should kind of expand on uh, about how the the movie is kind of a metaphor for the country growing up. Well, if you look at, um, say, uh, the American uh, dream and Mm -hmm. the persona of the American dream and... People at that time, uh, a lot of them, they were hurting. Gas crunch had just uh, got over with and whatever. Mm -hmm. And people were struggling. And so a lot of people likened themselves to this image of this man getting this shot. Mm. Okay. Okay. As uh, Mick said, I like that. You only get one. one. Right. Well, uh, with Rocky, he got many later on, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in this, in the main film, yeah, um, yeah. Well, right. it kind of stresses right. the point if you only get one shot, right? And and, and I think one. that they thought other. that it was going to be their only shot with this film too. Yes. If you think about yeah. it, there's a good parallelism there because in the whole entire thing, you're saying it's a low budget film, right? Where is that going to go? Who would have dreamed? Yeah, it, it would be, become it would be, Rocky. It would be this massive saga. And it's a thing that everybody knows. Even if you don't like it, everybody, everybody knows, knows it. Rocky. And everybody knows, Adrian! 
everybody knows it. I think there, I, of, of anybody who was on the set that actually thought this would actually be big and amazing, I think there might have been two people. Bill Conti and the guy who did that opening logo, where it's just literally just the Rockies mm-hmm. scrolling yes. across oh, with I agree. Bill Conti's fanfare. So that Man, just yes. shouts to the people, this is important. Watch yes. this. That's the director. Yeah. The director came up with that because they knew they wanted to open with the fight, but there's also, generally in movies, there's a contract that the credits have to be up front, mm-hmm. especially the main ones, writer, director, stuff like that. Right. Um, so he wanted to go from the fight to Rocky walking, and he, but, he, but like you said, he wanted something big. He wanted something... Punchy. Uh, to, yeah, uh-huh. punchy. Very nice. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. It's punchy. So yeah, that the Rocky fanfare and then the, mm-hmm. the, the white lettering, the white font going by. And then on what would have been a kind of boring scene, Rocky walking home, you get to overlay the credits, but you also get to see kind of what his life is mm-hmm. towards the end. So that goes to the editing, but that was Allison's idea to, to do that rock. Yeah, like I said, I just, uh, as watching that film, as I had not seen this movie in years until I watched it last night and just turned it on and that was literally the first thing that you see and you're like, all right, yeah, this is, this is a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to add one thing to my synopsis of this film. The one thing that Rocky does and it does real well, it, 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 it's inspirational to a point where you're literally rooting for the star. You're rooting for him. You know he's the underdog. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're rooting for this guy as if it was reality. Mm-hmm. It takes you into a different, where you're putting yourself in this guy's shoes. Mm-hmm. You're um, right. I remember that about Rocky films. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially in the theater. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say would, later on for me, those films, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yes. yeah. Because, like I say, this is the first movie I've seen in a theater. My, that I remember seeing really? a movie. Yeah. I was probably four years old. Oh. They kind of had to take me if they were <laughs> a fan, you know? Um, but I, re- I remember seeing it on the big screen, and I just, you know, it, it doesn't register that much with me anymore. But I do remember, like, Rocky Four seeing that in the theater. Yes. The entire crowd was just, Cheering. you know, kick Ab- his ass, you know? Yeah. Come on, Rocky, you know, punch him, get him. And then when he finally cuts him in, like, the third round or whatever He's it is. Done. Everybody was just like... It's a bad cut. Right. Everybody just got up and didn't sit down for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Because once he hit him and once he hurt him, it was like, okay, we know Rocky's going to win. One of the most intense scenes Not that we didn't think that he was going to lose, but... No. Right. See, um, if I'd like to talk a little bit about that uh, rooting for him... I really enjoy that we even get that sense you're still rooting for him even after the scene where he literally comes into Adrian and specifically says, I'm not going to beat him. It's not going to happen. I can't win. My only hope is to just, you know, go the distance with him. Can I interject on that, though, for one second? I'm sorry. I don't mean to do that. But if you think about us, because we're, no offense, we're much younger, we're in tune with the idea that the the little guy's going to win. We are so now we are. in yeah. tune I think, with that idea. You guys have a different perspective on that because this is the first film where the little guy didn't win. Spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But this yeah, is hands. the first film where that happened. And it's like we're so used to our like 
our, our participation trophies and things right, like right. that. That we we expect the little guy to win. We expect him to win because participation trophies. And I'm glad that in recent films like Creed and and the last Rocky, Rocky Balboa, I'm glad that they still have him lose because yeah. that it because that's not the point. Winning's not the point in these right. whole films. But, here, but, here, but here's the stuff. thing: to your point of like the little guy wins, Rocky technically does not win the bout. No, like you said, it's not about winning the fight. Or the physical fight in the ring with the with with the physical opponent. Right. It's about winning the fight within yourself, because like he says, Rocky will win. win. He knows he wins if he goes the fifteen rounds. Yes, that's his win. Right. That's yeah, his personal win to prove that his I own, can even do that. Thing. And his right. overall win is at the end when the girl tells him that he loves her mm. and that he loves he loves her and that she loves him. That's the ultimate. That's that's his ultimate. I love way. you. All right, let's have Alex finish his point because right. I cut um, him yes. off. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, with that, I feel um, yes. Uh, the whole film, he was constantly saying about how you know I just needed my one shot and I could have been somebody, but I never got that shot. Well, here's your shot, and this was really. I think a lot of that was weighing on him, especially when he first got the shot in that office. You see it in his face. I think that was actually really good of Stallone's acting ability, mm-hmm. where you really just see him. He doesn't really move much. He right. doesn't say much. He doesn't do much, but you can see it in his face. The, oh, God, it's happening. I have to oh, actually gosh. man up now and prove what I was saying. It's a fight or flight. He sets it up. And I'm going to start an argument here. All right, here we go. But I have to do it. It's a trope that was done in a different way. It's the reluctant hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to do this because his first reaction was no. No. Yeah. But who set it all up? It was actually set up by the looks that the promoter gave mm-hmm. when he saw um, the match begin. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure you're going to give him a good show. Right, yeah. right, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, that's right. We're yeah. expecting him to I actually never thought try. Fight, yeah. Which I loved, and I loved how later on, to uh, mirror that, basically, was when he does come out and beat and starts really beating on Takes uh, him out Apollo. Like the first round. Yeah, but then right. they bring Knocks Apollo back, and the guy, and his one trainer's like, this guy doesn't, this guy doesn't know that he's show. doing a show. He's, he's here he for a real freaking fight. fight. <laughs> <a> fight. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Going back to that, when, when do you see Apollo? You only see Apollo in the office. There's that line when the, 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 the secretary, you know, do you want, or no, how does he say it? I think it's Apollo. He says, hey, is there more coffee? Right away, Mr. Creed, he's not training. No. They show Rocky on television, and his trainer says, you better come see this boy on TV. You're going to fight. He looks like he means business. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. business, too. Right. He means business of promotion and making yes. money. And then he realizes in the first round when he gets oh, when he's knocked on his, he's like, "Oh, I actually better fight this guy." Yeah, or and he I has might trouble die. doing it, you know. He's, but it's uh, and but that's I, something you don't pick up right away too. No. It's a couple watches in where you're like, "Oh, wait a second, they said that, and that makes a lot of sense." I I hate to bring this up. But it's funny how in Rocky Three the same thing happens to him. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this fighter from Chicago, this big dude that he should have trained harder for, comes in and he's just like actively ready to mess him up. Oh yeah, comes in, floors him as like he's coming off of literally just just being a huge showboat and stuff, and being a prize fighter. It's the circle theory. I'm not a real boxing aficionado, yeah. but 
If you fight, fight solely to the body, body. you're going to get annihilated because the guy's going to go. Yeah, because your head's and the majority of the time. Well, your head's open. Then your hands do, aren't up. You're, yeah. We do see what happens to Rocky's face. Literally, <laughs> I mean, head forward. Yeah, head I think forward. by now he'd be deformed. Yeah, right. I, I really, yeah. I You've think looked so. at Stallone. It's not deformed. Yo. Well, even, <laughs> well, even nowadays, um, even nowadays, he says the makeup from, was over the top. That's from the yes. HGH, by the way. Yeah. So, but, okay. Uh, yeah. But uh, but uh, what I liked about that was uh, getting back to the original point I like how you see him he had basically two options which was either just go into it for the show not right. train and then be forever the bum the la- the easy route or alright no I'm going to force myself to getting getting up at 4am drinking the raw drinking egg, egg. going through all this stuff to really get myself in shape and to again it's that whole bit of betterment and that I think what was really interesting for the story was even through all that, he, you see he was believing, I could, if I just got better, I could beat him, I could beat him, I could beat him. Until like the very end, where it's that scene where he comes back to, to Adrian and has to realize, nope, even with everything I'm doing, I'm doing, I am no match for Apollo Creed. I just, it's not a thing. Will not beat him. Then I just, I'm just going to reassess my goals. All right. Okay. I just wanna. I just wanna last. Right. And then also, I love at the end when when he does last, the the fifteenth round goes right. off, which is another interesting thing. But that shows how the film is not centered on the fight. The fight is rushed in yeah. the film. Mm-hmm. It they is really just go. Here's a couple rounds here. Couple rounds well, here. Couple rounds here. It's a montage. That, it's a, a montage secret. Are you gonna? That's go the thing. That, that's that's filmmaking. You yes, can't. but at the same time. If you look at other Rocky films, yeah. the fight has is a bit longer, is a bit more centered. Is right. a, you see more of it where this because, one was a much more okay. Because the first thing the director said to Stallone was this: the problem with fight films up until that point is that they looked like crap <laughs> it's true. because they didn't choreograph it. He told Stallone, "Go home, write this out." Write it, beat by beat, punch by punch. He wrote a script for a 15-round fight. When they filmed it, they filmed a 15-round fight. Yeah, It was a real 15-round mm-hmm. fight. Now, granted, it's fake because yes. they're not hitting each other and so on yeah. and so forth. But they had to figure out, how do we film this? So they did right. it in two, in two things. They did all the close-ups inside the ring with the steady cam and some other, uh, like, dolly kind of setup. Yes. And then when they had the people come in, that's when they brought... You know, they gave people the chicken dinners and stuff like that. That's when, and you can see this, if you look in the upper right-hand corner of the opening of the 15th round, you see him coming out for the round. You see the camera crew up in the corner. <laughs> you can tell because the guy's wearing a striped shirt. That's Garrett Brown, the inventor of the Steadicam. Yeah. yeah, he's wearing a striped shirt. So they had to figure out a way to film the fight so that it looked real, and it did. And mm-hmm. it was so real that when De Niro and Scorsese did Raging Bull, they hired the same guys at first oh, yeah. to do, and when he looked at the rushes, he said, you're fired because this looks too much like Rocky. <laughs> it works too much like Rocky. But again, So uh, the guy yes. did such a great job, he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> Only in film industry could you do a great job and go, oh, we've got to fire you. Yep. But um, because so, of, so then at the but at the end of that fight, I loved how you know and they're they're you know grappling with each other right. at the end, and Piccolo Creed's like, "You ain't getting a rematch, Match. man. You ain't getting a rematch. Don't want one. There ain't gonna be no rematch. <laughs> oh, I don't want one. Because again, again, it's it shows I don't need, need one. one. I've I won. got what I want. I got what I wanted. I've proven I got recognition not only to myself that. but to everybody else and that who I've wanted spoken the rematch. Apollo <laughs> at the end. Because again, it's, it, it, was it shows. A, it was a respect thing, and mm-hmm. that's all it was. It was a matter of 
earning respect, getting what you wanted, getting the money that you needed. That's a, a big reason that Rocky even did the fight in the first place. He needed mm-hmm. to. He knew right. he needed to. He's a bum. Now, we're going to be splitting off into our other categories. So I'm going to have David Brown start. Okay. You're going to be doing cinematography and... Um, Editing. Cinematography. The cinematography is is, is kind of... Um, it's kind of normal for 70s films. Right. 70s films have a certain grit and darkness to them. Because of the cinematographers of the era, they weren't afraid of shadows. Right. They nothing. Everything didn't have to be lit perfectly. Um, we were talking about this last night, uh, Sarah and I, when we were watching the movie. Because I'm trying to get her to at least appreciate certain things about the film. Yes. And when he comes home at the end of the first fight, I said, "Look at this. What what does this picture convey? Yes. It conveys his." Utter loneliness. There's bare walls in this apartment. He has bottle, empty bottles of beer stuck in the yes. cushions of the couch. He has he hangs his hat and coat on knives stuck, stuck in, the, in wall. the wall. The only Pipes like decoration he has is a picture of Rocky Marciano, and he talks to turtles. Well, and the funny thing is too, is you think about the, his choice of pet turtles. Why would you choose a turtle? They don't talk, talk back to you, right. not like a dog or a cat. And I was thinking about this as my cat was sitting there bugging the crap out of me <laughs> while I'm sitting there watching the movie. I'm like, go away. <laughs> and it's like he chooses the loneliest animal yes. and a fish. He has a fish. He does have a fish. Two and fishes. it's like, yes, it's he like he's sitting there and he's got the loneliest animals. He doesn't have a dog, but yet no. he plays with the puppies. Right. Oh, why oh, he does he have puppies. a dog? Butkus. He does get butt kissed. Well, yeah. yeah, but at the very beginning, why don't you have he a dog? Butt kissed but too. Then we don't see Buckus anymore after a while. Well, I think because he, he died. Dog probably. in Balboa. Well, but, I think, uh, but but here's the thing about the animals. Yeah, he picks the loneliest animals, but who honestly chose them for him? Adrian did. Yeah. Yes. Because when on the date. He introduces her to Cuff and Link. Yeah. And she says, yeah, I know. I sold them to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah. You sold, yeah. Okay. Well, we're done with the animals now. So, you know, he forgot that she sold them to him. I yes. mean, I, so, so that's my, you know. Cuff and Link. Cuff, Cuff and Link. And right. Link. And, Moby, and Moby Dick. Moby Dick the fish. Um, so there's that dark, gritty cinematography to it. Um, and one more thing. James Crave, I did this as an assignment because we had to do cinematographers for oh, wow. cinematography class. I chose him as my cinematographer. If you watch The Karate Kid, which is also directed by John oh, G. Alveston. I love that movie. That's a great movie. There's the shot it's in the, the fight. Same in, movie. In the movie. Right. Yeah, it is. Well, there, there's a comment on the, on the, on the, uh, on the comments in, in a Karate Kid when he's doing this. He's trying the to learn balance kid. in the ocean. And he asked him, he said, how, how was it out there? He said, oh, it's a little rocky. He goes, a lot of people are going to say that about this movie. Yes. <laughs> but there is a specific scene because one of the things we had to do for the assignment was show a pattern of shots because cinematographers have a tendency to get into their patterns. Right. The only pattern I could find from James Crabe was in Rocky, in the first round, at the end of the first round, he breaks Rocky's nose. Apollo breaks Rocky's nose. Yes. And you see, you kind of see it from Apollo's standpoint. You see the jab, jab, and he punches him, and then they cut, and Rocky literally spins, and he goes down and he grabs the ropes, and he's, you know, trying Climbing to, up. you know. Well, if you watch the Karate Kid when he gets beat up after he douses the kid with water, yeah, he does that same exact shot except into a fence. 
mm-hmm. and, oh. and with a kick. It's the yeah. same thing. That's amazing. You see, you see the you see the longer shot, the kick, and then the cut is wham! It goes right into that. Sh- it goes That's right into hilarious. that shot. Um, so the cinematography, most of it was done at night. Shots were done hours apart. A lot of shots were done in one take. Um, the famous scene at the top of the stairs. You have the first yes. his first attempt where he doesn't make it up and he's got the cramp and he walks yeah. off. That was shot at about five thirty in the morning. And the shot of him dancing on the stairs was yes. shot about two hours later. Um, I said this yesterday. That shot is amazing. Not because the steady cam is so good, because Garrett Brown would say that those shots today would not be acceptable as steady cam shots because they're That's too they're too shaky. Yeah. But think about what he did. The story is they were preparing to do that first shot of him going up the stairs. Right. And the batteries on the, on the camera died. Can't, the camera wouldn't work. My so God. he had to rig two car batteries to get it to work. And he Are had to, like, kidding? strap the car batteries to himself. Yeah. Oh, my God. So he's got basically what is a prototype Steadicam, two batteries around him. He's in the dark. Rocky is, or Stallone is running up the stairs normally. He can see that stuff. Garrett Brown is going up the stairs with him sideways. <laughs> with a camera what and battery. God. I know, that was batteries. my reaction last night when he said this. <laughs> See, really, cinematographers <laughs> particularly are, like, the most hardworking on a film set. Like, the crew in general yeah. just yeah. does all, all the insane crew. stuff you see in movies. Most of it, the film crew ended up having to do right alongside them with a big <laughs> camera. <laughs> right. And Stallone was worried about the director. And most of this is from the old Rocky scrapbook. Right. First day of shooting, they did all the training stuff, all the running and all that other stuff. For sure. And he said, I didn't know the director. I had met him like the day before, and he was kind of, uh, maybe he's like standoffers or something. But yeah, he says, I wasn't so sure about it. He says, until I get to the set and I say, where's John? And somebody said, oh, he's right down there. And he said, there was John laying in a curb on the street with a viewfinder <laughs> looking. He goes, that's when I knew this movie could be good. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. I want to say something. You brought up uh, when you had uh, him in his apartment and how the feel of it. Mm-hmm. I okay. also feel like the, the opening shot of that apartment scene, where it's just behind the, the lamp there, mm-hmm. and yes. it stays there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that really showcases um, just how small not only his apartment, but his life is. That yeah. really, yeah. The camera can stay right here, here. Mm-hmm. and get this whole time while he goes to yes. every part of his apartment. Mm-hmm. And we see him completely, more or less, from this one shot because that's how small this is. And then with cinematography, and this is more set design, but he does right. it through cinematography. Once he, once he accepts Adrian as his roommate, they show the passage of time. The shelves that were kind of barren and gritty now have shelf paper on them to be neatened up. There are posters by the bed. There are pictures of Rocky and Adrian that have gone on through the, through the time period of yes. whatever it is. The apartment is clean. So it's Adrian putting her touch on the apartment, giving it a woman's touch. She has nothing to work, to work. with, yeah. but she does the best she can. Mm. And that goes to Adrian's character. She lived with Polly. 
Come on. Most disgusting human being. However, if you look Paul at their house. Most, Paul is. Yeah. It, oh, it's it's because of Adrian. Because Adrian, Adrian made that house like mm-hmm. very nice. Until he yeah. beat it up with a baseball bat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which tells me, and, and, and not even the baseball bat scene, but when right. Paulie is introduced, when Rocky says, you know, hey, what's with your sister? He's, forget her, forget her. And sometimes she makes me so crazy, I could split her head with a razor. That tells me Paulie is an abusive brother. Yeah. So I'm picturing Adrian with some bruises in areas that you can't see. Oh, yeah. yeah That's no, probably why it. she looks so frumpy, too, Right, because she hides everything. Yes. And then all of a sudden, this guy Rocky likes her. And he yeah, is, he is the most gentle person to her. Mm-hmm. And he's giant. Like, if right, you look at him in comparison to, to Polly, too, <laughs> he's a freaky giant. Yes, he is. <laughs> and yet he's small compared to Apollo. Right? Yes. And then then there's um, the scene where he, he goes out for his run the first time, and he comes back, he goes and gets the meat, he punches the meat. Who punched right? the meat? He comes back, he comes back to Polly's house, and there he is with Adrian, and she's undoing his, his hand wrapping. <clears throat> and Adrian, you can tell... Because Adrian was a virgin. I don't care what anybody says. Adrian oh, was a virgin. Oh, absolutely. Adrian's totally into it. You want? She's like, you want me to rub you down? No, I just want to sit here. I'm tired. I'm sore. I just want to sit. Right. You sure? Yeah. There's no fooling around during training. When she gets up, he she is crushed that he's rejecting her. He he just had sex with her. He took her virginity, and now he's rejecting her. That crushed her, oh, and you yeah. see that in his face when he turned when when she walks away, and he looks. He doesn't. There was dialogue for that scene, and the, the director was like, "No, we're not using the dialogue. You're going to do this with your face." There you go. And his face says it all. His face says it's not just about me anymore. Because you know, Rocky has had his share of what's the word? Hooers, co, the Italian thing. Right, floozies, whatever you want to call it. You know he's had his share and he wants something more. So (laughs) Without condoms. Right, without condominiums, right, right. Without condominiums. So his his face lets him figure that out. He figures out it's not just me anymore. Mm -hmm. I have to take care of this person and I just totally wrecked her by rejecting her. Yes. So we were talking about this scene yesterday. Yeah. We know he had sex with her. Yes. Because the next scene when he's training and, y- and Mickey yells at him, you know, women weaken legs, he's like, all right, no more fooling around. Okay, I got you. Okay. I, I tried yeah. yesterday, but uh, okay, whatever. But um, yeah, it goes to that gritty 70s look, and I like it. It's a great 70s look. And then, then there's the editing for pacing. Now, this one, an Oscar for editing. And people will say that, like you said, the, 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 the ice skating scene is too long. It is. Uh, it's one shot for a very, very long period of time. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's also it's but cute. you got to remember. Yeah, also you got to remember they were using the Steadicam. This was like one of the first movies the Steadicam was used on, so they were going to overuse it. Yeah, kind of like Halloween. Halloween overused the Steadicam. Oh my yes, god! Yes, they did. <laughs> but that's right. So they and that scene was supposed to have extras in it. But again, low budget had couldn't afford the extras. Afford the extras. So, so, they, like, so it turns closed. out. So by. By chance of not having the money to do something, you come up with a very memorable scene. I don't think it's too long. I think that it's just long enough. Okay. Had it gone a little bit further, Further. I think they cut it right at the end when they're going away from the camera and they cut. And they continue on with a walking scene when when he brings her home. I like that. 
the scene that takes too long in terms of pacing comes in episode it comes in Rocky Two, and that's the coma scene. <laughs> that scene stops that movie dead. It should it's not true. have been that long. Mm-hmm. But then all the other editing pieces are done well. Yes. Even though it's dialogue driven, it's still paced well. He gets her in the apartment. It doesn't take him long. It takes him just long enough to get her in the apartment. But she goes of her own accord. He never forces her. He's just prodding her a little bit. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. And she makes that decision. She makes that decision. Yeah. Um, When he tells her about not having a broken nose and all this stuff, she laughs and everything. So it's a combination of the pacing of the edit, but it's also the acting because the actors are doing a lot with their face. Like I said, when he tells her the joke in the beginning, she's mousy. But if you look, she smiles and she laughs a little bit, you know, things like that. So its pacing was good. The fight, you say it's, you know, it's kind of rushed. Well, it kind of has to be right. because, no, again... I, it's, it's rushed, but it's supposed to be. Right. Because that's not the focus. Right. Because it's, it's, mo- it's a montage of how he just gets the shit out of him. Um, but last. <clears throat> right, but last. Exactly. Because you, you see the ring girl. Ring, mm-hmm. be, and one of the best parts is when ring she's... Ring girls are, like, concerned. You see their face. <laughs> right. They start like, from, like, being this really still going? excited. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like... Round 14... Right. But here's the thing. Probably never gotten that high before. Right. (laughs) The numbers were dusty. They had to get get them out. And there was a shot. (laughs) And there was that shot where the girl, the ring girl, she's dressed up as the Statue of Liberty, and like you said, she's got the smile on her face, and it's round three. And then all of a sudden, we're in like round five. Oh, wait a second. We're in round five. Rocky's lasting. What's going to happen? And then you see it, round 14. And then you see the end of the round. And you're like, oh, he's going to do this. But then he gets knocked down. He gets knocked down. But and I love the announcers. If you listen to the announcers, it's great. Another left. Oh my God. What is keeping him up, Bill? I don't know. He can't even get his gloves up to protect himself. Wham, wham, he's gone, he's down. And then there's Mickey. Stay down. Just stay down. Down, down. He gets up. And then the classic announcer. They're like, you hear him say, Oh, he's Rocky's up. Apollo can't believe it. Because <laughs> then they show Apollo, and he's like, are you kidding me? He really can't. What am I going to really stay down? <laughs> that and in particular. The end, and the fight was edited really well. Mm-hmm. Yes, that fight was edited very, very well. I think one shot of the fight, I just want to say it, is crazy because the shot wasn't taken super well for its time, mm-hmm. and that's the first shot where Rocky knocks Apollo down. But... It's great because it really, I think it's great in the long run because it emulates an actual fight, mm. which is crazy. Because you're, you're, you're down. Yes, from a perspective of like a like viewer, the from side, the audience. Right. Yeah. Yes. And the actor, uh, Carl Weathers. Yes. Broke his thumb in that scene. Did he really? <laughs> he hit the turnbuckle. Oh, that's and hilarious. he filmed the rest of the f- – that that shot was taken during the crowd scene. Oh, my God. He broke his thumb on that, on that shot, and he continued with a broken thumb for the, rest of the, for the rest of the, 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 or the fight. Now, I just want – I want to give a little bit about that uh, – the pacing. I think the pacing is really good. Plus, we also need to kind of understand that 70s-style films yes. had a, a very different uh, style of pacing compared oh, yeah. to today. A lot of today's films are a lot faster with editing and pacing. Yes. Whereas 70s films – Really kind of slowed it down. They're ADD. New films are ADD. They well, think yeah, fast they are set for ADD. No, it's absolutely uh, because you've got that three second 
they they say in and this I'll get into it with the acting portion, but they say you have that three second attention span, and if you're not doing something in those three seconds, you lose interest. You lose interest. The ice skating scene, the scenes you were talking about, where you know they were they were just long enough. Mm-hmm. Again, they were just long enough to give you a little bit of an awkward feeling, which is what it was. Which is what these dates are. These are very awkward mm-hmm. dates between yes. two very awkward people. Yes, they shouldn't be cut. In a normal fashion. Right, right. They need to be drawn out and long, like an awkward conversation. That's where you have drawn out bits of silence and everyone's just, I don't know what to do Do anymore. Like when when they're on the skating and he says, my father told me you weren't born with much of a brain, so you better develop your body. And Adrian says, oh, my mother said the opposite thing. And Rocky says, what? What'd she say the opposite? What? You see her face, she goes like this, she goes... Oh man, she's like, oh, I, he doesn't know what the word opposite. <laughs> she it's just so had funny. that look, like, it's like, huh. God, are you like? And you hear her kind of is have that exasperated breath. She's like, huh, dummy. <laughs> right, I can't believe I, I can't believe I'm with this person. <laughs> but, um, and then she explains to him. Well, my mother told me I wasn't born with much of a body, right. so I better develop my brain. Hmm. She say that. She she said that. Yeah. yeah. Almost That's like Rocky's right. about she to, it, yes. almost like Rocky's about to find this mother, mother and teach her how to respect, respect Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, we're gonna take a short, uh, <laughs> short break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, we're gonna go ahead, and we're gonna go with Sarah for acting. Oh, good. This is like one of my favorite things to talk about with this film, mainly because we have mentioned earlier that Sylvester Stallone cannot act, not in a bad way. Right. But in a way that is very, he is himself, and that works for him. Right. But Adrian, can I just interject on the Adrian bit? At one point or another, I swear, it almost felt, and until Dave actually explained it to me that she's mousy and everything like that, she was over mousy to the point where I thought he was going to rape her because it was... That element, yeah, hella that, shown, especially right, yeah. when she back when he backs her up into the corner. I'm right? like Rocky. She's saying no. She's saying no. But at the same no. time, like I want to really quick talk about that. Uh, is a little bit of one. I don't think Rocky even was aware of what he was doing. He wasn't even trying for that. No. Right. It was very much just no. I'm just talking to you. What's going yeah, on? I don't right. And it was really her shyness that really brought that forward. Of but I don't want this. I don't want this. And it like goes I into, don't it, see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it goes into so, again. Sylvester Stallone has his own style, and that yes. is fine, but it overburdened that scene to the point where it was... Oh, definitely. To me, it was a trigger, as, you know, all the whole political movements that are going on today. I could see that being a problem today. No, oh, absolutely. Sure. Definitely. This, they, they would not have gotten away with that today. And, no. And I'm going to be 100% too. His friend, oh, Polly, is it Polly? Polly. Polly. Oh my God! Oh, it Polly's is, a scumbag. He's a terrible person. Polly is like garbage. And, yeah. and the first scene you see him in when he's in the bar and he's doing his like thing again. The broken mirror. Yeah. He is such a good actor because you he believe really that he's a scumbag. Do you know he's a or, or he's a I did not. Or he's a, great he's a boxer. terrible actor and actually a scumbag. There is that possibility. There is yes. that possibility. <laughs> but, but that's not true because I've seen him in other stuff and he's really good. But some of the best actors are. Bert Young is good. Good. Actor. Yeah. Like. Um, Reminds me a lot of Danny DeVito. Danny yeah. DeVito plays an amazing scumbag. He's like one of the sweetest people on the planet, though. But he's also the funniest actor you'll watch because you watch him in Man on the Moon. Yes. And he's hysterical. 
I will say it's so funny. It's kind of interesting you bring up Danny DeVito as Polly kind of looks a lot like he a really Danny. He's very That's much a Danny DeVito character. If this film had a better budget, they might have Danny gotten DeVito. Danny DeVito for that role. I wouldn't see him though. I I definitely feel like after watching this film 101 times, I feel like Danny even though even though she's only watched it four. I've four. only watched it four, <laughs> four times. times. It feels like Jeez. 101 times. It's like 10 hours of my life I'm never getting back, okay? Cuz now it's it's watching the clips on YouTube so I can so actually, actually yeah. Hear what they're saying. I'm <laughs> watching the fight over and over and over again because I love action films. I'm one of the rarest people. I don't like a lot of love stories or anything like that, yeah. but I do love a good fight film. Karate Kid, perfect example. example. I love that movie. And it's everything that they did right in Rocky. Yes. It's everything they did right. And that's probably why I like Karate Kid better than I like Rocky. Well, I like Karate kinda, Kid. I, I mean, it's kind of interesting. You like uh, Karate Kid over Rocky because um, if you look at it, Karate Kid basically upplayed the action and downplayed the love story. Yes. Where Rocky did, did the exact opposite. Yes. It downplays the action and upplays the love interest and the love story. It's it's very much a and it's a compassion story. I love and secondary stories. I love secondary love stories. Of, and the comedy of of uh karate, karate kid. kid. Oh, it's hilarious. Like when he when like when he no not that no, when uh, they're walking out of the dojo when he tells say. him when he tells him, you know, gets makes the deal, don't touch him until the thing. Yes. Uh-huh. And Ralph Macho's character is like, "Are you kidding me? You 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 just got me in the tournament. I just saved you six months of beating." <laughs> <laughs> that was a great line. So I love great. it. Well, and it's I like those old—they call them the old Chinese proverbs. That's mm. what Mr. Miyagi is—a yes. walking old, old Chinese, Chinese proverb. proverb, and it's yes. amazing. You learn karate I, from book. <laughs> and it's like the same thing with Rocky. He's got that. It's like the all the stereotypes that you can put into a movie, they put into Rocky. Yes. And I personally think if he would have been an... And not saying that he should have been an intelligent person, but if he had a little bit more... A little bit more book smarts to the point where, okay... Who? Rocky. Okay. And Polly. Polly Polly's like off. He's irredeemably to piss you dumb. Off. Like, irredeemably dumb dude. But it's... Like, such a piece of garbage. But person. you get stuck on that. And yes. to me, that to me, that's where I lose it. That's where the suspension of disbelief is lost on me. Cause I can't believe there's people that dumb. Even though I know there's people that, that are that dumb, dumb. Yes. But I can't believe it. Yes. Well, I think a lot of that is is that they're trying to actually make it more believable that he's a loser because he has no book smart. If he had got that little extra book smarts, right. he might have actually made something of well, himself. We, well well that's the thing. That's the that's the gag in Rocky too. When he wants an office job, but he's at the interview, and the guy asks him, "How far did you go in high school?" Ninth. <laughs> he made he finished as a freshman. Yeah. That's it. He was done. Now oh my God. that tells me, as a possible backstory, something happened to his parents. He had to leave high school because he had yeah. to live stuff like that. That happens to people, mm-hmm. which is why I say Rocky is not stupid. He's just uneducated. There's right. a difference. Like right. you said. There's the whole point where he talks to the girl Marie. Right. I was just about that's, to bring that up. That's street Marie. smart. That's yes. street smart. Oh yeah. You know, so he knows how to live on the street. He, you know, and the thing is, like with the kid in the later films, he makes sure the kid gets an education. Yes. Right. And, you know, and there's and one thing he did with his money. He made his kid smart. Right. Right. But it's also, if you think about it, there are points in that film where he is not not. In Rocky One, per se, but further on in the series, where he does have that little spark of intelligence, and you're like, 
now I want to root for you yes. because that is the smartest thing that you have ever said. Right. It's like listening to any anything on the internet today. Mm. It's like you you show that one spark of intelligence and nobody touches you. Not even the trolls touch you. <laughs> That's true. And it's it's like wait, Rocky predicted the internet. Oh god, <laughs> Rocky breaks the internet. But we're Amazing. we're getting on we're getting on a tangent right. here where. Polly, great actor. You mm. really hate him. Adrian kind of overplayed the mousiness, gets better on further down the line. Yes. I definitely think that. When you bring up the abuse thing, kind of makes sense a little bit more. Mm. I definitely give you that. But then there's Mickey. I love Mickey. Burgess Meredith. Burgess he is, is amazing. One of the Everything. best characters <laughs> in the entire film. film. Because you believe him to be yes. that, like... That coach that's like, do it, dude, do it. Well, or one, he, get the, what are you doing? Stay down. You can't do this. You're not going to make it. Yes. Like, you believe that from him. <laughs> but also, it's like, one, he kind of created that role. But two, also, you that's pretty much, in the entire film, you have, like, those are, like, the two character actors. You mm-hmm. have the guy playing Polly is the one character actor. And then you have Burgess Meredith, a very... Good character actor, right? And when, and that's where you can. That's obviously where you can see obviously the best range and the best um, acting ability in the film, right? And I also want a quick a quick shout out to I believe it is Michael Westmore, the the makeup artist. Uh-huh. Yes. As much as we know that the fight makeup is way, way overdone, overdone. <laughs> um, the the makeup for the normal the normalcy face of Rocky, like his eyes, his eyes are not like that. That is all makeup, that puffiness around his eyes. Uh, Burgess Meredith's cauliflower ear, mm-hmm. and he's got the, the the bad eyes and all that stuff, all those yeah. stuff. That's all makeup, and it's so believable. Oh, yes. yeah. You know? And that's one of the things that, even if it's a low-budget film, mm-hmm. they did a really good job portraying those high-budget moments. And personally, my favorite part of the film, my favorite part of the whole film where I actually start getting teary-eyed, because I'm one of those people I do get emotional during films, is when he's going through the rounds of the fight, and you're seeing it, and he's just getting bloody, and he cuts his eye open, and you're like, oh my god, don't yeah. do that. That just looks like the most awful experience ever. Cut me, Mick. And I'm still, I'm getting there, and I'm getting choked up, and then at the end when he goes, when he's like calling Adrian, it's like, now you're losing me. I was I was so rooting for you, and then you're you're, you're focusing on him calling to Adrian. And I get it; it's a love story. That's where I get emotional. <laughs> Is it calling to Adrian? Yeah. But it's like to me, it's it's. It, uh. Now I, I have a question for you. Okay. Okay, we have the we have the vinyl record cover. Here we yeah. go. All right, every picture, pretty much, on this back cover was in the movie at some point. Uh huh. Except this one. Okay. That's the original ending. Yep. The original ending to Rocky was he walks out of the ring. You know, the decision is made. Uh Uh-huh. He's interviewed, whatever. He walks out of the ring, and she meets him at, like, the locker room, and they just show them walk into the locker room. Okay. Would you have liked that ending better? It's a downer ending. It is a downer ending. I don't mind the ending the way that it is. It's the... I'm right in it's between. The focus. It's the focus yeah. of him screaming her name. I think you name. don't like the focus. That's yeah. the point that I'm just like, okay, you just lost this fight, and I get that you want to be comforted by the one that you love, and I absolutely respect that. Right. 
But how many times do you have to call her name and how many times does she have to call your name back? She can't Rocky. hear you. But it's so Rocky's character. And, yeah. it's, it and it's so real because it I watched really the real is. prize fight with George Foreman in uh-huh. his later years. And George Foreman has his George Foreman girl. Oh, God. And George Foreman lost this fight and lost it badly. Yes. They get up there to, to George Foreman, and they're like, so, George, what do you think? Are you going to retire? I don't want to worry about that right now. I just want to talk about my George Foreman girl. He's done. <laughs> that is my favorite part right there is where he's like, where's your hat? Because it's it the most innocent of yes. all things. He can barely stand. But then it's the suspension of disbelief where he recognizes her enough to go, I love you. Yes, I think that's great. Would, the, would them walking into the locker room have made it a better scene? Probably not. But it's the Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. And, and she's like Rocky, and that's, Rocky. Like you can't hear her, Rocky. He, and I, he can only hear. She can only hear you because you're on mic. You can't. He can't hear right. you. Stop calling to him and run faster. I think some moments are made to be over the top. Yeah. Yes. And the problem with that is a point you made. It's it's too long. It's too. Yeah. Show him. Say her name once or twice, maybe, yes. and Perfect. then show her, and then bring it in. But here's the other thing: Paulie in that scene actually kind of redeems himself because yes. he, he, he gets the ring up for because he's fighting to get in the ring. He wants to be in the ring too. And, my and friend then, up there. Right, and he, right, he's like, "That's my friend." Hey, you're breaking the jacket because the guy's pulling on his jacket. And then she looks at him. She's like, "Paulie," and he looks down and he sees her and he pulls the rope up for her. So. Going back to their scene where they go on their first date. Yeah. In the commentary, Talia Shire says, the thing about this first date is they go on it and they're put together in the mode of humiliation. Yep. Yeah. He humiliates them into going out with one another, mm-hmm. even though Rocky wants to. But when Rocky figured out that Adrian didn't know he was showing up that night, yeah. he wanted to go. He didn't want to force anything on her. No. Yeah. Only that- Paulie did. That the second time watching it is when you pick that up. You don't pick it up the first time because we'll get back on with mm. RJ and the audio. But when I watched it the first time, I was watching it on Amazon Prime and we rented it. And it is not the best audio. I oh, had no. to turn my television up to like 70 <laughs> for, for our receiver there. to actually hear anything that was I going just, on in that film. Now, now even, I know why you turned on the even air conditioner though I'm last go- night so you could say that you couldn't hear it. That's not why I turned on the I want to get into it later. I will bring this up. That audio for Rocky, I can already guarantee you, because it's in the same kind of category as something like Wizard of Oz or Star Wars or something, Mm. the audio has been remastered on multiple occasions. I can already guarantee you, because when it was first released, which is probably what's on Amazon is the first release, because Amazon likes to do that. I have a question for that, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but it goes to the audio. On the on the Amazon release, during the fight, can you hear them talk to one another? No. The fighters? Then it can't be the original release because I always remember them. You can clearly hear them say things like, you're, you're a no good bum or, you know, come yes. on and stuff like that. You oh, hear I that. that. I, saw, that. I watched uh, my copy I rented off of YouTube. Yeah. I could hear them talking to each other. That was most likely an original one because even on my copy, you hear... Yeah, you the main can hear audio them. better, right? But you don't hear like the announcers as well, and you don't hear them. Oh yeah, I heard all that very clearly. Although on your system at home at your house, it's better. Yes, I could hear it better. Well, we have we have a surround system, and I think that's, and that's also it. 
that's it could come into play. where it comes into play because if you, you have 5.1 or whatever audio needs to be mastered to that yeah so that's yeah. the big thing about these films is so obviously they're not made crappy. for 5.1 at least not then not at least then, not then right. it was different technology it then. was just basic stereo it was a stereo and when you're system. listening to something like that in basic stereo what are you hearing you're hearing all the, you're hearing practically a majority of that background noise being dialed down unfortunately yeah. because you need to make room for the ADR. music well, and, and the you, ADR, right. yeah. which the ADR, I hate going into this because this is literally going to be all I'm going to be talking about later. <laughs> yes. But well, we ADR, don't have to go fully into I'm it. I'm not going to go fully into it, but I will just say the ADR in the film is infinitely rushed because this is a budget film. Yeah. And I'm going to go into that more Yeah, we'll go later, into that more later. But my final thoughts on it, and, and it's back to, and we'll bring this up later too, it's back to the time that the film was made. And had I been... I will say this 100%. I enjoyed the film more when I watched it on a physical copy than yes. when I watched a digital copy of it. I did infinitely, and, and Dave can... He was a witness to it. I was somewhat getting into the... Even though I don't like the film, I was sometimes getting into it. There were points where I was like literally telling them, shh, I want to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> shh. She was. Stop. And I, I was because there there are points where he does a really good job of pulling you in, and yes. I think what it is too, and I think it was a strategic thing with the sound. And like I said, we'll go into it later. He probably inten- intentionally spoke softly, so you had to listen to what he was saying. Because there are times where I'm just like, "There's no way you can talk this low." No. I, <laughs> What were you whispering into the boom down. mic? Like, what the heck is going on here? Because they probably didn't have body mics. And and back to the point of when you were talking about like the kiss, the kiss in the apartment. Because, mm-hmm. as you said, it's like a trigger moment for her. Until I explained it to her, the reason it occurred that way is because Talia Shire had the flu. And and on the final point, I do like the costume direction mm. in the film because when you first see Adrian, she's very mousy. She looks like a bookish. Yeah, she's got whatever. the glasses, everything. Even with Rocky, he looks like a bum. Mm-hmm. He does. He really does. He looks awful. And the then as you pants, get further on through the, 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 the training montage yes. and things like that, you notice that because it is the change of time, you do notice they look different. Yeah. Rocky looks more soft. He looks... Like he's got the woman t- woman's touch in his Because he doesn't have the hat on anymore. Because he doesn't have the hat. He's not closed off. He's opening right. himself up. And then Adrian is looking actually hot. Yeah. In that red coat. In the red coat. Really clean. In the red coat. Looks awesome. The red coat. Oh, yeah. I love it. They, when they showcase that and Rocky comes up to the house and yeah. she's wearing that red coat. I was like, you, you look great. Like, mm. Yeah. I didn't know that that was a look for you. And she's, and she's even like, she's she's totally like non-confident. Really? She's like, really? I look good? Yeah. yeah. Like, and then she has yeah. one of the greatest lines when he, they're bringing the dog in. Mm-hmm. And you hear Rocky say, what does he eat? What does he eat, this dog? He eats little turtles. <laughs> I think I missed that one line actually. A lot, I, I missed it until Dave pointed it out. Because <laughs> I mean, because I, 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 I do, I watch that scene and I just get so... Uh, very happy about the dog because I love the Everybody little back- the dog. Well, yes. I, lo- I love the backstory of the, 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 the dog. Uh, that's the actually thing. that is yeah. that is uh, Stallone's actual dog. Well, here's Buckus. the thing. <laughs> like the guy said, you can't not you cannot dislike this movie because the dog not only gets a credit, he gets, he gets his, his own, own theme. music. Mm-hmm. Yes, gets his own theme music. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, with that, I want to go to Alex with uh, film direction. 
I think this film was actually very well shot. You can definitely see a lot of talent in the director. Yes. Um, just with how they decided to go. Um, so the difficult thing with me is sometimes trying to f- differentiate between what is the director's decision and the editor's decision. Right. And when I feel like a lot of that is very much an overlap. It is because yeah. director and editor, if you liken it to a family, they're siblings. Mm-hmm. They're really close siblings. Really, but yeah, having that just scroll across my wall and then the fanfare going, I'm like, oh, that's right. This was such a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> right from the beginning. And that's I, I, that's I feel the power of like score, which in this film is actually kind of minimalistic in itself. Mm-hmm. Which is oh, why Utilized powerfully. Yes. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to leave it alone. I know. <laughs> Yes, I have spoken about how I dislike uh, minimalized scores. I know. But Bill Conti, yes, had a minimalistic score, but where he had score, it was immensely effective. And a lot of the score um, reflects the time period of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. It's very very jazzy 70s stuff. Uh, Like, really, even the fanfare, it starts off with that fanfare that brings in that gladiatorial, but then it me- almost immediately kind of goes into more of a, a jazzy right. yes. but feel like to the it. The song Going the Distance is really mm-hmm. great because he's got the bells. I love Going the Distance. And he has that that like thumping, you know, that dun, dun, dun. It's, it's it, that it's point like of, it's desperation. Of mm-hmm. yeah. it's, and I think that's why they pulled Eye of the Tiger into the film later on yeah. is because it's got that really good vibe and yeah. it blends really well into the score that was original Rocky. You know who and, sings and his score is and his score is good and his score is good in, in uh, Rocky too. Frank Stallone, mm. his brother. Ah. <laughs> Frank Stallone uh, sang Eye of the Tiger. He sings Take You Back. And he also sings Take You Back. He's one of the he's the guy when they're on the date right after the ice skating scene. Yes. He comes out and he says, Hey, the bum from the dock. That's yes. his brother. Oh, yeah. His father is the bell ringer. The yes. timekeeper. See uh, Yes. See now okay. what I really love about the the direction though is like really just going through uh, that o- the opening scene though really just kind of showcases that this director really knows what he's doing mm, has yes. a lot of talent and is really good because like I said you have that opening scroll then the next very next thing you see Jesus Jesus yeah. right Jesus. there to really kind of you know showcase our hero and kind of really put you in that kind of vibe ish a mm. bit um, <clears throat> and then again just the way they pull out and that shot the dolly shot they kind of come in here with the fight. Or the, I would think actually mm. this crane shot in it. No, that or, probably would have been. <clears throat> yeah, it could have been a crane or something, but or it could have been a dolly. Like I, mean, I love the. Dolly. I love how the older films have a lot of that slower moving yes. camera actions. You don't really see much of in today. No. I loved a lot of those where they really. It's a lot of trailing after a character and whatnot, or lingering on characters. Well, of course, I feel it can be very much overdone with, they, like, David Lynch, who does it way too, too much, much, and on scenes that really shouldn't. That's Lynch. It's Lynch. And, and the thing is that that's an editing choice, too. Mm-hmm. Right. The, right. The, the point of the cinematographer is to get the shot composed right and lit right and all that other stuff, but, he had, but the cinematographer has to take enough film to let the editor interpret stuff. Right. Right. Uh, an example is Star Wars, Episode Four, the sand person attack on Luke. If you look at that, when he when the sand person shakes yeah. the gaffy stick, that's actually going between two frames. He's toggling that. He's reproducing that because the last frame of the film is the peak of the of the gaffy stick. So he has to retoggle the stick coming down and play play it backward and forward. The actor did not do that hmm. in Rocky. We see the shot of 
the, the camera zooming into Rocky when he's on the stairs. That was actually shot in a reverse zoom. And the director said, in the editing room, I should have shot that as a zoom in. So they reversed it. And there is just that little hitch of physics. Right. When he takes his hands from his waist and goes up here, he's yeah. actually going down. Mm. So there's that little hitch. And those are the little mistakes that people, when you first watch it, you're never going to notice it. No. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch you know. it, either, but no. <clears throat> you kind of have to be looking for it, which is, again, a kind of showcasing to the director and the editor um, and how well they can mask that stuff. Or like, they will not notice it unless they're really kind of looking for that unless kind of thing. Unless they're us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to make a podcast. And also, right. you, you have probably seen it because you, you have the anniversary edition or whatever, right, mm-hmm. of Rocky? The DVD? Uh, I don't have like the DVD on. Oh, okay. I, like, so I, I thought rented you did. it. I rented oh. it off YouTube. That's okay. where I watched it. Because I have the DVD. Pops might, but... And you would like it because on the DVD, they actually have the 8mm silent film that they used to practice the fights, uh-huh. the fight scenes. Um, they have makeup tests. You think the makeup that you see in the, in the movie was bad? Yeah. <laughs> that, that big my, eye mouse and all that? They, they show Stallone standing in there and... The eye is literally covered with makeup. That's and he's like sitting there like this. And it's just a test. Uh-huh. You know? Just to see what we can do. Right, yeah. just to see what we can get away with. Ugh. But you get the eight millimeter silent film, you know? All you hear is the clicks of the of the uh, sprockets. Can we all agree that as much as the eye makeup in Rocky One was so like for that time, it beat the hell out of Raging Bull's eye makeup. Well, he was going for more of a realistic. If you yes. notice in the newer Rocky films. Yeah. It's more realistic. Yeah, they, they have cuts, but and a mouse here and there, but it's nothing because, like everybody said, even boxers say this: Rocky the movie has ruined boxing. boxing yes, because you don't get that because no. that fight is nothing but the best kind of thrown punches from a fight. You know, it's well, not yeah. just the you know, it's not a boring jab and defense thing. It's all offense. And yeah. you can say the same thing about any film. Like if you look sure. at yes. a good war film, yes. And I'm not minimalizing war at all. But you no. look at a good war film like Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. they're not gonna show sure. them marching. No. Because nobody wants to see that. What right. they do is they show one of the good examples of of Saving Private Ryan is when Private Ryan is telling a story. Yeah. They use that as the downtime because the the adage of war is mm-hmm. it's long spans of bore of boring with yes. with spurts of spurts, spurts of, of high like, action. Cha- like right. chaos, you know. And what they do is they have this nice story that he tells just before the attack. They lull you into that, oh okay, we're kinda relaxed. Boom! Oh, God. The, you know, the mortar shot. You right. Know? And it's like for for someone it, that's where your suspension of disbelief comes in. And I think that's where Rocky did it well, is like, yes. Fighting would would never have happened this way. Right. No. But it gets you just riled up enough for him that you want to root for him. Mm, and again, right. if, uh, getting back to the point that this is really isn't about the fight, it doesn't matter that the fight's not realistic. It doesn't matter that right. the fight yes. is, you know, what horrendously wrong and ruins boxing. <laughs> it's not about boxing. The fight is supposed to be just there for helping tell the story. Right. And that's all. And, and it's his rags to riches. It's right. his David and Goliath moment. It's those moments that, you know, couldn't have been conveyed right. through the love story. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and it's his coming of age to be with Adrian. Right. Mm-hmm. right. It is. Because if he didn't go through this, would he be the man, man that Adrian that no. would have no. wanted to be? And no I don't, or be with. I don't well, think so. 
No, because she would, no, because, no. again, in the commentary on the DVD, when she's about to walk up the stairs to his apartment, Talia Shire is on, on the commentary, and she says, this is her moment. If she doesn't make the decision to go up the stairs with him, she's done. She will be living with Polly for the rest of her life. Right. She will never have a husband, anything. She has to make this decision, and even though it's been forced on her in a very humiliating way by Polly. Mm-hmm. He is kind of right when he says, I got you two together. Yes. Stuff like that. He just did it in a very unconventional <laughs> way. Right. Because, I mean, if you, especially you look at these two characters, they're very awkward on their own. Oh, you yes. can tell Rocky himself, well, yes, he's probably had experience with women, mostly because of, you know, he's a boxer. He has a body. Right. Never really having an actual he emotional. for a lot of those women. To, I to wouldn't be... go that far because he's also poor. Far. He's poor. So, and most people affording are Affording gonna... women. Rocky is lonely. Rocky has had one night stands. He's not looking for that anymore. No, he's he looking wants, for an emotional connection. Right. He wants that emotional he connection. He also, because he's not very well educated, because right, he's, he's not gonna you get, know, who he is, right. he's not very knowledgeable about how to get an emotional connection. Right. He hasn't ever had an emotional In that way, he himself is Gross. a virgin. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> and is right. a virgin in this relationship. Very good. Right. Where like the that. like different kinds of virgin in this uh, relationship, her being the sexual virgin and him being the emotional virgin, and they kind of take that from each other. And that goes back to, to the grow, director, she, too. <clears throat> he portrayed that really well. Yes. Right. Because I don't, I don't think they could have pulled that off unless he made those decisions to minimize the apartment, to minimize right. Rocky's right. life. Like, those are really smart decisions. Yeah, yeah. you really had Even to showcase. Absolutely. Yeah, you really and had to showcase it. how... Uh, lonely he was, and how de- and how his life was before Adrian to really showcase how much of an influence she had, mm-hmm. while and keeping I, it minimal yeah. too. Like you pointing out a lot of your stuff in the background of the woman's touch, mm-hmm. not something that is very overtly it's directed to, yeah. but, but it's, it's there, and you get it. Like I said, it's one of those things that's in the back of your head. Right, you're not conscious of it until someone really points it out to you, and but also you know it, and also <laughs> that like connection thing you were talking about. I know we don't see much of Adrian's room; we only see it. Like through the door, twice. and then when he goes in and asks if, if you know, if you, know, you, you want a roommate? roommate, you know, yeah. yeah. If you look, there's one picture on her mirror. Now that picture, that picture has a purpose. It's hiding the light. It's lighting the room. <laughs> but in the context of the story, she doesn't really have pictures of anybody because she's she's lonely. Yes, it, it, it this is her little world. Yeah. yeah, she's got the house and Polly, but if you look, everything outside the house is Polly. Polly's pictures, all this stuff like yeah. that. Even the kitchen is really small. Yes, it is. All her little domains in that house are very tightly cramped and mm-hmm. small. And uh, and and that works, you know. Dude, that poor turkey she made. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. I was thinking the whole thing. Like, what? What are you making here? Throws oh. the turkey Throws it out. And it's like, but bro. Want the bird? food. Go in the alley and eat the bird. That's like, right? It's one of those things where you're like... That's an abusive relationship yes. right I there. Was, that's I also... And another good uh, thing about that, even though he... Uh, Polly brings him... Yeah. <laughs> but that's, I again, cook, that's you. But it, that That's my personality. I cook. You better eat the food that I cook. And if you don't like the food that I cook, you can go fend for yourself. But right, right. now, this is what you have to eat. And yes. I would have I would have punched him. If I was Adrian, I would have punched Polly so hard. You he wouldn't be Adrian. You wouldn't be in that situation. Yeah. I know. You wouldn't be Adrian. But, but no, I'm not Adrian. That's <laughs> but 
the thing is, uh, what I love to, uh, an interesting thing about Polly's relationship with his sister is that he never, I think he never actually intended him and uh, Adrian and Rocky to get together. In fact, I'm pretty sure he pretty much thought that this would uh, end badly and actually drive him drive her closer to him. Ah, but during the scene with the bat where he's destroying stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, it goes back to the point that he's drunk and we get the nice little idea of the, of the in vino veritas thing in wine, there's truth. Um, or yeah, in wine, there's truth. Uh, as he destroys like the tea set, he's like, he says, he says something like, Oh, you know, I don't get married because of you because you can't live by yourself. You gotta be. You can't be alone. You can't live by yourself. Right. Paul, he wanted to be married. He had to take care of his sister because oh, wow. she was so, so shy, so mousy. She couldn't right. live well, by I, herself. I feel like that is truth in the fact that Polly himself believes it. But I also believe that there's also the no underlying. Would be with him. But also the underlying thing of They're, why well, yeah. he's gotten accustomed to having to, her to take having care of her. Him. Yeah. So even throughout the whole bit of him setting them up, he's also been slightly sabotaging it. Yeah. Don't forget about my sister. Right. She's weird. Right. She don't want to do right. 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 Exactly. exactly. Slightly sabotaging it. Right. And even to the point where I do believe he, one, well, I'll set you up because you know, you're my friend and you're like my sister. I'll set you up. Right. But in the back of his mind, even maybe subconsciously to himself, this isn't going to work. Right. This yeah. isn't going to work. This is going to end badly. And again, reason he, he yeah, drive her back to me. She will never trust anyone if... And, uh, and then and she gets rejected again. Right. And then when she fights back in that scene mm-hmm. and she yells at him, he looks at her and he says, you're not a virgin. You let him get down your pants. That's when Rocky yeah. decides this is enough. Okay, hold on. Now you're Especially, not. Now yeah. you, you can swing the bat at me. You can destroy all your stuff. But you're not gonna. You're not right. gonna put your hands on your sister. Right. right. But it's also, it's also that kind of thing too of, um, if you notice, he was violent and going. But when she stands up to him, he's not swinging he, the back at right, him. He, he doesn't down. hurt. He backs down because right. again, she's now filled with a strength that he's not used to seeing her in. Right. It goes to the line <clears> in, in episode in, in Rocky Three, when Rocky says, "How'd you get so tough? I live with a fighter." Yeah. It, yeah. So so they rub off on each other. Right. Yes. It's, it's that idea. And again, she like fills it with that confidence. To mm-hmm. to a certain extent, she and, she's, hardened. and she's hardened, right? Where she again, it's a lot of that. She growing living with Polly, she has no self confidence. She's been constantly told you're worthless, you're right. weird, you're shy. No one's ever going to like you. Right. So she's just internalized that. Like nobody well, likes me like and that. And if you watch again, going back to the directing, sorry, mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> if you watch the director's take on it, when he ever, whenever he shows Adrian in the very beginning, she's very. Far shots. She's very just small, minimalized. That moment when she snaps on Polly, it's a immense close up on her. Yes. Right, and, and she also she's is huge compared to Polly. That yes. and also the way he shoots her getting up and going towards him is not just you know showing her get up and go. No, it's focused on Polly, and then she invades. The yeah. Space. yeah, yeah, and it's such and, a good, in my yeah. opinion, best shot of the whole entire thing. Second best is when she's actually taking care of Rocky because you see her her um, her nursing side come out and she's mm. like taking the bandages off of it. Right. And then you actually see her invade his space, mm-hmm. which is something she never would have done in the very beginning of the film. Right, exactly. I mean, like, it's actually mirror to it's how... It's amazing. It mirror to how in the first kiss, she is very much uh-huh. has, has that personal she's bubble. She's got that, that bubble, yeah. Right. I've never been yes. in a man's apartment before. Well, they're all the same. 
Yeah. yeah. But again, he's asking you, well, yeah, you going wearing through the that shirt. with the likes of the trigger yeah, moment and the slightly. Just a Dago teen, some sweatpants. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> Man, that scene with him running, my whole thought while he's doing his whole montage is dude, you need a new pair of pants. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but getting, uh, getting towards <laughs> how. Um, the trigger scene that we've kind of called it where he kind of gets the, the kiss, uh, the the kiss in yeah, there. Yeah. The direction also kind of showcases that this is kind of the only way she was really going to get out of this mm-hmm. uh, shell she's built herself in is for someone to basically break it down. Right. Yeah. Out of the she's comfort zone. She's built this very hard personal bubble of herself and the really only way she's going to heal and really get out into the world and be that self-confident person is somebody from the outside has to physically Bust through. Which is ironic because he's a boxer. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, right. Bust through, but also, but he, but it has to be done in a way that is going to be helpful to her, which I believe Rocky does. He does it in a way that's trying to, at the same time, reassure her that everything's going to be okay. I'm yeah. not going to hurt you, right. but you got to let me in. Um. So, all right. Sound. And now I'm going to take the floor with the overall sound of the film and that'll be broken up into two things like score and um, mm-hmm. onset audio. So I want to touch on the onset first because I'm pretty sure the score speaks for itself. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. But the onset, oh. so there are some scenes that are done really, really well for ADR. Uh, obviously the crowd noise is uh, pre-recorded. Uh, it, I believe that is onset as well because obviously they had a crowd there. Well. Um, minimalized, but yeah. yeah. Yes, very much minimalized. Um, the, where the ADR stands out the most is when they're speaking from distances, and it really does not sound like they're speaking from that distance. Yeah. Adrian speaking through the crowd. Are we really going to be able to hear Adrian's nope. voice through that crowd? No, absolutely not. Um, that's like my sticking point on that. disbelief, though. That's that one, and that's those parts. Also, Rocky, I don't think you guys realize, Rocky, that is also ADR. Him yelling out to Adrian. Adrian, oh, yeah. Super there's no ADR. Way, well, there's no way, dynamically, there's no way that his voice would sound like that. It wouldn't like have that. been that right. clear, you're right. right. And in that building, it would have been echoed. You, and you also, it was the second ending, which, yes. was, which was done in a day. It was rushed to film it to begin with. And you can tell, the ending yeah. sequence is where you can tell the most. Uh, other sequences would include um, when he's talking to Gaza in the car, when he's getting out of the car, mm-hmm. in the audience during the fight when you hear Gaza talking, Mickey when he's on the sidelines. There's a lot of those ADR moments that really stick out. Is it the worst, though? Because we do notice some ADR issues in today, even though ADR can be fixed like that. We can make ADR not sound like ADR today. Right. And the thing is, like like the corner shots when they're in the corner and Mickey's yes. talking to him. Yeah, technically we probably really wouldn't hear them. But <laughs> if you if you actually watch a fight on TV, they mic those those people. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of them have you know, like translators, you know, for like yes. you know, Latino boxers and stuff like that. So they have the translator. And you just you just need to hear what Mickey is saying to him. Yeah, so that's all. so they clear it up so that you can hear him. Yes. So yeah, it might it's be for, off, but it's for purposes of for knowing story. what's going on. Yes, and it's it, it would have been better if you had the announcers too with the ADR. Because well, that's my thing. We were talking about it earlier. You hear them. I I could be wrong, but I seem to remember hearing the announcers more. You don't hear and them think, constantly, yeah. but you because hear a certain spots. It's those heckle moments, and I love it that they do it in the Muppets, where they have the two hecklers. Yeah, the hecklers. Yes. And it's like, 
those are the best kind of moments because you can pull out those one lines. Mm, and those can. one lines are what make a movie. Hence, Adrian. Yes. Adrian's the only line that anybody ever, ever references, ever from, references that movie. from Rocky. Ever. Yes. You mention any of the Rocky movies, the first thing that yeah. someone Yo goes, Adrian. 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 It's like, it's, it's one of those things. Yes. <laughs> and I think they could have had more if they had, if they had better audio on those announcers. Another um, interesting bit, which I always found hilarious, you're going to put so much reverberation on the main like ring guy, mm -hmm. but then not put any reverb when Rocky's clearly speaking into the same, almost the same microphone mm. that they're using right. for the performance. Rocky, what do you have to say to the fans? Uh -huh. There's no reverb on it? Why? Why isn't there any reverb on it? If there's reverb when this guy's talking, why isn't there reverb right? when he's talking? It's not like your, your voice is... Is it actually... Is it actually... The same mic. The it same could, mic. Because I could always, be like a news reporter. It could be a that's news what reporter's I have assumed. Mind. Yeah. Assumed because assumed. Yes. Assumed. I assumed this. I assumed. Yes. <laughs> but no, I assumed that it was a reporter's right. uh, microphone being shoved in his face, not the, the announcing mic, mic that went came down, down and then yes. came. We saw it come go back up. And that uh, very well could be the case. Knowing the budget of the film, yes, probably not. <laughs> um, how about that as a shot? The mic coming down from oh, the rack. Oh yes, that, that was, was really that good. was really nice. I think a lot of a lot of those kinds of shots really were to uh, showcase the the reverence of that, and also of that scene. The shot of Rocky walking out of the arena by himself shows the immensity of what's before him. Think about that. that but the when, let's go back to the sound yes, design on right. that. The sound on that scene was on. Point. Absolutely. Because you, yeah, you hear him walk. Uh -huh. You hear every and you hear footstep. a little echo, right? You, you hear, hear every, every footstep. footstep. Right? You hear the, it, you hear the, the footsteps on the, on the ring and in everything. that room is fantastic. I think where ambience is picked up the best is a lot of the outside scenes in the city. Mm. I think we see a lot of just historic film yeah. shooting in that because they are using onset audio. They used that bit for bit, and then they put. It's funny because they add. An actual recorded track to that, which is the Take You Back song. Right. Uh, they add that into there. But it's made to fit so well. Mm. It's so interesting when you think about the sound in that respect. We actively see this scene going on mm -hmm. as if it was just done right there. Right. But really, it's a pre-recorded song. And, mm. and the really cool thing that I have to interject with, too is that going a little bit back to the VFX, they didn't add any of those in. They didn't create any of those effects. They were no. all... Practical. Practical. Yes. Which, sound design-wise, is awesome. Yes. Because that adds to the suspension of disbelief. Mm -hmm. That, to me, brought <laughs> me more into the film than, like, any of the other... Like, the crowd noises and things like that. Right. All of that, that, that ambient sound, is what really brought the film to life. Yes. See, I definitely feel that um, going through the film, while it does have a lot of faults, mostly brought up via low budget, you could definitely see where, okay, this scene, we want to make a specific point, and yeah. we did it, and they did it fantastically. They knew the points, points. that they really needed, they had, needed to have to focus on to and get home, perfectly like, right. Everything yes. else kind of they, was kind of left they down. They didn't want to focus on the small details and other things, and that's I fine. It's not and even that they didn't want to. I feel it was more of they couldn't. We don't yes. have the budget. We have a budget to focus on certain scenes. they wanted to. Yes. And they really put a lot of effort into um, this film. One other note that I'm also going to mention, this isn't audio related, but I feel like it's important to mention. 
When Rocky realizes his position, this is the interesting part. When he's walking into the ring, when the whole arena is empty, and he sees the banners, and he notices they put his shorts wrong. They made his shorts wrong. The colors are reversed. I'm wearing white pants. That's when he gets the realization. It's not a title shot for him. He's He's like a practically like... A, he, he's a, a sparring title shot part. for the other guy who yeah. happened to break it was his a, hand. It was yeah. a sparring match. Right. Well, and the thing is, too, if you think about it, go that can be brought back to the sound design because you're listening to it and it's very minimalized. Yes. It's very echoey in the sense of that's him losing all the confidence that he just, just built up built in that up. huge mm, montage. montage. Yeah, yes. all that. Like that huge moment. And then it's just gone like yes. a whisper right. on the wind and that's what it feels like in that moment and yes. even directorially looking at that with him and acting wise too bringing that in and having that be his only thing faced with this momentous <laughs> thing the only thought he can come up with is they got my they, shorts they, wrong they got, they got my shorts wrong it's switched <laughs> my shorts because that's like literally it's everything is just like crushed from him yeah, like you say and that's that, all he can get uh, out of it's and then not the promoter matter, says Rocky. it doesn't really matter does it yeah I'm sure you're gonna give us a great show so. he's just and you, because he's got that so pronounced Adam's apple. Yes. After he says that, you see the Adam's apple go up and down because he's swallowing like gulp. What did I get myself into? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, final <clears throat> notes are going to be on the score. Uh, so yeah. the score is fantastic. Oh yeah. Minimalistic. Uh, uses I practically. Won, I believe the, he won an Oscar for the score. He did win an Oscar yeah. for the score, and it's fantastic. There's a lot of songs that I feel like aren't uh, recognized enough. One being the overture. I don't think the overture mm. is recognized as much as the OG, you know, gonna fly now, the yeah. montage yeah. sequence. Yeah. But the they both start. I think it's referred to as the fanfare. Yeah. yeah. But they're well, both recognized. Some little different because I heard it from, you know, those parody artists yeah. where they're yes. like, Rock Sylvester Stallone uh, was a nobody until oh, he good. wrote this great story. It's hysterical because that that's how I know that's it. That's how it is. Now it's it's so funny because uh, Philadelphia Morning is probably one of the best. Uh, it's one of the most different songs yeah. in the whole film. That's definitely, not, it's not a set that that song goes on to when he comes out to do the first run when he's stretching his yes. legs. That's an actual street, Philadelphia. Oh yeah, it's it looks like a set. See, it looks like a set. Definitely, it, it looks too perfect. Yeah, but it, but you're right. That song that I don't know what instrument it would be. Might be a trumpet or something. It just kind of comes out. Trumpet. Mm-hmm. It's just the sad, lonely kind of thing. Well, and that's why that's why the trumpet is used to play taps because it is a very sad instrument. If yeah. you think about the tones that it's making, it's very sad. It's very forlorn. It's not like a a flute or a piccolo where it just perks your ears up. Those sound notes are really low and deep. That's why. You could play a lot of brass instruments in a major key, mm. and it could still sound somber. Because mm-hmm. um, typically, if you want a somber it's tone, a minor, a you have key, to right? you have to play it in a minor key. I believe this score is in. Don't quote me on this. I'm not a very good with music, but I am pretty sure it's a major key yeah, because it's, we it's end all off in a major. on yeah. Because I'm pre- when. And the way you can tell. Uh, quick lesson on that. The way you can tell is if at the end of every bar it's a high note like uh mm-hmm. hard for me to describe but if it sounds like it's upbeat more than likely is a major key mm-hmm. okay. it, right like yeah. the fanfare is definitely the a major more you key. know yeah um the whole reason that it's 
I can I can ver- probably verify that it's in a major key. I did music theory for twenty plus years. Um, is that it? It definitely builds you up. Yeah, it there doesn't... is no breakdown of your character. You know where they use minor keys a lot in horror movies. Yeah. Mm. And you want to know why? Suspense and it's... other than suspense, it's the devil's fifth. It is that that minor fifth that you hear in Dracula. Yes. That's called and known in the music world the as, devil's the devil's, note. as the devil's fifth. Yeah. Because they believed when you played that music in the Renaissance time, you were going to die. Yes. That's that that's referred. That's how the um, the song Dance Macabre starts yep. out. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I've heard it as the devil's note, but yes. the devil's fifth. It's okay. the devil's fifth because it's that minor fifth. And it's beautifully done on a piccolo. Mm. I love listening to it on a piccolo. And this is like the... Uh, I, I played flute and piccolo for 20 years. And listening to that note is beautiful. Because it just, just ritz on your nerves in that right <laughs> spot where you're like, oh, I'm gonna it's like that scene in Better Off Dead with when they're on the chalkboard. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I would, I'd like to bring up uh, Bill Conti. Hold on yes. one second before you say Bill Conti. Yes, Dave. It's again. It's, we can't get through something without mentioning Jerry Ross. And I think from now on, this movie is going to be referenced. Like we're going to make sure that we reference this movie at least once in every episode. You'll, you'll see the next. Better off dead or Rocky. Better off dead. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but um, getting to uh, Bill Conti because I actually first recognized Bill Conti as a composer yes. watching the Thomas Crown Affair, the remake with. Um, yeah. Pierce Brosnan, and that is a completely different, different. score. Oh, it's yeah. so light, much a lot of piano. I, I, listen, I listen to that to relax, really, which is why when my dad told me that, oh yeah, no, Bill, when we were doing the Rocky Marathon, yes. told me, oh yeah, Bill Conti did the Rocky score. I'm like, really? He's like, ins- he, he is. Yeah, it's so such good. a very wide range because you get a lot of different composers are very much. Um, they have very much uh, a style, like mm, John yes. Williams. You can very much pick out pick a John Williams John. score. Uh, Generally. Yes and no. Well, yeah, he has, like because I said. Because when you listen to Harry Potter in comparison to Indiana Jones, it's a very different sound. I, and the. I've um, had the opposite experience. Exactly. No, you I can tell much. Because like, there's, I, I've it's listened so to a lot weird. of different John I get Williams. Those scores sometimes confused. But what you about, listen to a lot of John Williams, okay. and he has a lot of very much the same but styles what about of Catch notes. Me if you can. Catch that, Me again, If You Can very is very is, different. Yes, yes, that is definitely. That one is very much like Harry Potter. Not so much like Indiana Jones, but then you've got the Olympic March and Chariot. That's right. Didn't he do Chariots of Fire? I think he did. I believe he did. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he did but Chariots sure. of Fire. And you've got those. He has a very distinct sound per era that he's in. So he's got a very much Indiana Jones sound during the Indiana Jones time. And then you've got a very much Harry Potter sound and very much depending on when he's. Because Catch Me If You Can came out after Harry Potter. But I think I don't remember when he did the Olympic soundtrack. And RJ is looking this up right now. So what are we he's, looking he's at? He's looking up Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire was written by Colin Welland. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm wrong but, about uh, Chariots the of score. <clears throat> what? Wait, the he's score? Well, I'm not s- saying that John oh, doesn't wait, have no. a oh, Ah, oh, that's wait. the script. I'm talking about the score. Score. <laughs> I, or who did Saint Almost Fire? Oh, that's that's not John Williams. That is not. John. I know that's not John Williams, <laughs> but was it the very much Greek last name? Papadellus. <laughs> Literally, Papathea Solidu. I don't even know how many vowels. Vangelis. Papathana. 
<laughs> you're seeing that, right? But um, I'm not Papa crazy. Papa That's Greek. Ask, That's Greek. Ask you. you try it. I'm not going to try it. <laughs> but, I'm, um, I'm going to butcher it just you, as much Sorry, as I butchered did. your name, Mr. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, Dude who he's wrote very much old. Yeah. Might even be dead. But, like I said, a, a lot of, like I was saying, uh, try and get back a little bit to point, but John Williams definitely does have a very distinct style where you could definitely say, oh, yeah, that's a John Williams score. Nine yes. out of ten times. Oh, yeah, that's a John there Williams score. Nine out of ten times. Um, you. Then you got, but then you also have, like, yeah, so Thomas Newman has that sim- very much uh, similarist style score, too. Yes. A lot of composers have a style. Eric Whitaker, yeah. And whatnot. Bill Conti, though, like I said, if just taking on those two different films shows a Massive, massive range. We like, can just go from something like Thomas Crown Affairs score to Rocky. One shows a huge amount of difference between each different section, and then Rocky shows. Even though the, I would say Philadelphia Morning is like very much different from the rest of the scores of the film, guys. I mean, you got to recognize the majority of the time it's the same score or right. the same scale, you, right? You, like, and that's to keep. Oh, yeah, that's you are going right, and also I feel a lot of that is because again it's so minimalistic. Yeah. So a lot of it, when the f- score comes in, it's to bring home a point yes. of that was brought about up later. Yes. Or earlier, I mean. So again, it's like whenever he's using a variant of the fanfare, it's yeah. to bring forth that similar theme. Yes. That was originally there. I think it is time to give final ratings. My father had to dip, so I'm going to go ahead and give him a. Um, He's more than likely going to give this movie a 4.5 out of 5, as will I, a 4.5 <laughs> out of 5, just because it's a great film. I think I do have to take off for the minor things, because I, I think that's fair. If it were not for those things, I mean, I have a bias. I'd give this movie a 5 out of 5 if I really was uh, trying to be unfair as possible. But really, <laughs> to be fair, I think you do have to give this movie a 4.5 out of 5. David Brown. I agree, 4.5. Um, again, no movie is perfect. Things have glaring mistakes. Uh, but a lot of it, especially in Rocky, a lot of it can be attributed to low budget, yeah. time constraints, things like that. The flu. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but other than that, the story is, is well written. Uh, which shows that, you know, Stallone himself is more intelligent than Rocky. Yes. Because yes. he can actually I write and read. That. Yeah, um, the talent <clears throat> there is unknown almost. Right. That he can write a lot of different scripts. <clears throat> and 4.5, just just for, for Stallone in his fight to be Rocky. Because yes. nobody wanted him to be the actor. Right. They offered, yeah. him, they offered him gobs of money for the script and he refused them all. He said, no, I must be Rocky. That's, yeah. that's, that's it. So he probably took essentially a loss on it well, to begin with, but overall but then yeah. he wins because game. right, right, because he took a chance, right, exactly. Um, Alex, go ahead. Um, I would actually just give this a four out of five. Um, it's not a. It's like like you said, it's not a perfect movie uh, by far, in my opinion. There's a lot of different things that aren't really that great about it, but it is definitely a very good movie and something that I think a lot of people need to see, and also just. I think it really needs to be taken separately from the massive franchise that it's become. Yes. Mm. And whatnot, because really this film yeah. is so much different than the, what the franchise has made. made. I, would, I would say that about one and two. Yes, yeah. one and two. I think the franchise Followed. really kicks in at three. Uh-huh. Yes, it does. Yeah. Because he could have ended it at two and it would have been he, satisfactory. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's where I come in. I really like three. I think three is a really good... It, it shows the progression of where it started to... 
I think it could have ended at three. Mm. We didn't need to have the rematch against um, Drago. Uh, Drago in yeah. the four. I mean, yeah. Those are moments where you're like, eh. Three, I think, is the perfect. I think a trilogy, mainly because I'm a Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. right. is the perfect amount of movie. Well, three in and of itself is like a magic number. It, it is, is because a, it's like it's you have that, that triangle. You start at the bottom, you work your way over, and then you work your way to the top, and you end on a high note. My opinion, I have to give it a 3.5 just for the pure and simple fact that there are moments in this movie I don't connect with. I don't I don't connect with it at all. I appreciate that the film had to happen in order for the franchise to move forward. Could it have been better? Probably not. The, what they were working with was great right? in comparison to what right. they could have been working with. I mean, it's not a connectable movie. They had the perfect cast, which is where I give a star. They had the perfect score, which is where I give the second Mm. star. The story, albeit is slow, is written very well, which is my third star. And if they had had just a little bit more solid direction with the acting portion of it, Mm. I would have given it a solid four out of five with the slight mistakes. But other than that, it's a pretty decent, eh, yeah. <laughs> kind of moment. Um, you don't totally yeah. hate it. I don't no. totally hate it anymore. Uh, no, That's good. I, I actually like her original things. It's a decent eh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that overall brings us to an uh, average of 4.2. That's a fair score for this film. Oh, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, considering that's we're reviewing it from today's time, yeah. yeah. That's and, a fair yeah, point. Yeah, and if had it been earlier on, had I seen it in theaters, probably would yeah. have liked it yeah. more. Yeah. All right, guys. If it ever if it ever happens, like T- TCM does that because they do that. With, oh yeah. Yes. We'll do that. Yeah. yeah. They'll put it in theaters. Yeah. I think it is in theaters this summer. It might be Rocky. I I think I saw it at Marcus where they're doing the summers. They do those. The series. I'll bring Sarah to the theater. Yes. I'm not going to go see Rocky in the theater. Dude, we gotta, I'd go see we gotta, Rocky What if I pay for your ticket? Okay, maybe. we got to bring go David see to see theaters. Better Off Dead if it ever comes to oh, theaters. I would, oh, I would love to see that on the big screen. I would love that. And he told me not to bring it in. I'm just saying. All right. Didn't tell that us not to bring it in. That is where we're going to leave off, guys. Um, hope you had fun listening. Uh, we'll be back with you. Oh, who gets to pick? I think it is David Brown. No, it's not. No. It's no, Alex. It's Alex. Me, it's Alex, actually. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. You did that I have been actually struggling with what film I want to have you guys listen, watch uh, next. Um, but I think I'm finally going to settle down on Get Shorty, starring John Travolta. Okay. Oh, I love John Travolta. Like this is going to be awesome. <laughs> yes, it's a really great film. Get Shorty is going to be our next film, guys. We'll see you next time. You can find us on our social media platforms of Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Postcut Podcast.